Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. For those of you who don't know, our church started five and a half years ago. I have my family in church with me today. Hazel and Henry are on the front row with me today. And um, would you honor them? Would you put your hands together for them? And... We named them Hazel and Henry because we're not very creative. If we had another kid, they would have an H name as well because we kind of just get in that uh, routine. And um, the last five and a half years have been a remarkable journey uh, that we have been on. For those of you who don't know, five and a half years ago, we started at, um, at Kendall Elementary. Uh, we launched the church on September 25th, uh, 2016 here at Kendall Elementary School. Uh, right off of, uh, of uh, Old San Antonio Road. And if you've never been to Kendall Elementary, it's hard to get there. Uh, you can't see it from the road. It has no parking. We had 30 parking spots, and we couldn't get there. And none of us had ever had a church in a school before. Uh, we had 35 people on the launch team, uh, none of which knew what to do with a portable church. And so, um, but we launched there. And I love looking through old uh, pictures and videos because you're going to see people here that uh, you think, man, I didn't know uh, they were blonde before. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize. I didn't know they had hair. Look at there. Those people had hair. Or, or maybe you see faces you hadn't seen in a while. Or uh, maybe you see faces that are a little thinner than they are today. Whatever. Anyways, uh, I eat my feelings over the last five and a half years. So, um, But it, it was an amazing time. One of my favorite stories from Kendall Elementary. We were there nine months. One of my favorite stories is we would take over the school. I, I actually think one of the highlights of our church, I think one of the reasons why people love our church is because even though it's been in a portable place, we've always tried to make it feel like home. And we've always tried to make it not feel like the, uh, you know, a school or a movie theater, wherever we were. And, uh, and so we, would, we took completely over. <clears throat> part of that, part of that was we had to move around some of the equipment. We were in the cafetorium like we are here. And uh, there was a case of milk. So, you, you, know, you, you know, when you're in elementary school, you get milk for lunch. Where's all my chocolate milk people for lunch? Where are you at? Come on, hands up. You're easy to tell. We're always usually huskier than everybody else. But anyways, uh, so there was, this, there was this case where all the milk was stored. And so every Sunday we would move that, uh, that, that case uh, uh, to the other side of the room. It was right in the way of our production team. And so one week, uh, we did just that. We moved it to the other side of the room, plugged it back in, and had church. And then that Monday, when I got to the office, I had phone calls. I had, I had voicemails. The principal had called. The custodian had called. The attendance director had called. The district office had called. Everybody had called, uh, tried to get an email, tried to get in touch with us early that, that Monday morning. Because when the, when the cafeteria workers showed up, they found their... Uh, case full of milk, but the plug we had plugged it into didn't work, and so we had ruined all the milk that Kendall Elementary had. So there was a day that every child did not have milk on that Sunday, and it was our fault. And I felt bad for about uh, a minute, and then now I don't feel bad anymore. So, but we had to pay for it. We paid for all the milk anyway. It was terrible, and and we offered to you know do whatever we could, but. Um, that, that when you don't have a place that's yours, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff that happens. We were there nine months, and then they came to us and said, hey, um, you can stay during the summer, but we're going to be remodeling, and we're adding different uh, air conditioners, so you're not going to have AC for the next uh, three months, which is a nice way to say you have to get out. 
because if we're not going to have AC in the summer in Texas, we're not going to have church. Uh, I don't even want to go there. I mean, I could preach on hell once or twice, and then that's about it, you know. And and so uh, so we decided we needed to move, but we had tried to go other places. Uh, we actually tried to start the church at the AMC movie theater, which was right next door. When we first started, uh, they had quoted us $10,000 a Sunday to have church. Uh, that was the, the rate that we were going to have to pay to have church there, $40,000 uh, a month for those of you uh, who went to community college. And so... <laughs> I kid, I kid. I didn't go to college at all. So anyway, uh, uh, so it was a lot of money. So anyway, we had, but we had nowhere to go. They were kicking us out. They, they gave us about three or four weeks notice. We had to find somewhere to go. So we went back to the movie theater and said, hey, we can't pay $40,000 a month. But we'd like to have church here. And the guy goes, you know what? This is, uh, this is a miracle, but, but uh, well, I think we can work it out. And we paid 10% of that. We paid $1,000 a week. And we moved into the AMC movie theater. We moved into the smallest possible theater there, said 147 people, and had a really tiny little front uh, area that we used as the stage. Uh, we broke two projectors there and uh, just blamed the moviegoers, you know. And um, uh, we didn't know what we were doing, but God gave us an amazing move of the Spirit there. Uh, we grew in three and a half years. We tripled, and we baptized hundreds of new believers, and hundreds of people got saved there. And so many people joined the church. Matter of fact, most people still know our church from uh, our time in, uh, in the movie theater. And um, one of my favorite uh, things about having church in a movie theater is I grew up in a very, very strict religious background that uh, we didn't go to the movies. So nothing is more uh, like God than for me to start a church in a movie theater when I never went to the movies as a kid. But I'll never forget the Sunday our kids director came to us and the adjoining theater to our kids theater was playing Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> don't laugh at that. That's not funny. It, um, anyway, that's what you do when you, when you don't own uh, your own um, building. And then COVID hit. And, uh, and they didn't just shut down the AMC movie theater. They actually put chains on the door. This is true. They actually chained the doors up. And uh, we were there for six months. Uh, we had no idea what would happen. Matter of fact, we, every time we would uh, get information from the news, it was that AMC had filed for bankruptcy and that uh, actually Amazon was the, the rumor that Amazon had bought AMC and that they were shuttering all of their theaters. Well, uh, so we knew when we reopened after COVID, we didn't know where we would go, but we thought that that wasn't going to be an option because it had chains on the door. And... Um, and I remember uh, we had to get all of our stuff out. So the, the problem was not us reopening. That was really important to us. But we had about $100,000 worth of equipment that we had stored in the AMC when we left uh, uh, at the beginning of COVID. And so we couldn't get in. And I couldn't get anybody to let us in. AMC had, had laid off 96% of their workforce, including the entire corporate office. And so nobody was working at AMC, but they were holding our stuff hostage. Just a true story. I wouldn't lie to you, but... I'm not even, I'm, I promise I'm not lying about this. I, I called, we have several deputy sheriffs in our church, so don't try to act up. But anyway, uh, we called one of the, I called a, a member of our team and I said, Mike, what is the jail time if I break into this AMC? Like what happens? Like, and I wouldn't do the breaking in, but we have some dream teamers that. <laughs> let me say it this way. I uh, know. Let me say it this way. Everybody's welcome here, okay? You, you, like, there's some people with different paths. Are you following me, everybody? It would not have been their first, is all I'm trying to tell you, breaking and entering. We was ready. I wish I was lying, but I am not lying to you. 
we were going to cut some some chains and go get a hundred. That was God's money, man. That was that was, and uh, and I found one. I found one regional director who was working in Austin, Texas. She said, "I'm going to come down, and give you two hours, get all your stuff out." And we did. We got all of our stuff out in two hours, and then they put chains back on the doors. And we didn't know where we were going to go. And uh, God graciously opened up the embassy suites uh, at I-10 and 1604. In August of 2021, we were able to reopen church. And we actually opened our church before they opened the hotel. Uh, nobody was there. It was a little spooky, to be honest with you. Um, nobody, was, nobody was staying there. Nobody was working there. We had one banquet staff, a guy that worked for us, uh, when we opened the church there. And it was an amazing time. It was, a, I think, it was the prettiest building we had church in uh, this whole time, and uh, it was big and beautiful, and and uh, and and we had a great time. We were there a whole year, and we rebuilt the church. Honestly, uh, COVID had taken so much and had shut so many churches down. I wish I could tell you how many, and just in San Antonio, that that um, had to close their doors, lost their pastors, lost here in Bernie. It happened. Um, just t- terrible uh, situation. And we didn't just survive it, but we thrived. And God gave us revival there. And people got saved there. And we baptized people there. And come on, everybody. God's been good to us. Amen. Yeah. We were there a full year. And then, uh, and then we knew the heart of our house was to move back to uh, the hill country. And uh, the heart of our calling uh, here is uh, in the heart of the hill country. So we had actually looked at this school when it was first built. When Van Robb was first built, I toured it. I actually toured it when it was still a construction site. Um, that was not breaking and entering because I think other people were in here. But anyways, uh, I actually t- I actually looked around uh, then and tried to uh, tried to get in this building, but they wouldn't let us. Uh, and uh, it was brand new, and and they didn't want a, a church here. But uh, it, it's a couple of years old now, and it you know smells like little kids. And so they were they were willing to let us move here. So nine months ago, we moved to Van Robb uh, Elementary. That was uh, that where we have spent the last uh, nine months. And this has been a remarkable season in the life of our church. Uh, God has been so good to us. And uh, we really not just rebuilt the church, but grown by so many. Some of you, you just started attending during this season. You don't know the history of where we're from. It's the reason why I'm rehearsing it for you. You just don't know where we've uh, been. And you don't know what we've gone through. This is all that you know about us. Um, but he- he- here we are. And I'm happy to report, look around everybody, our church uh, in four locations in five years didn't just barely make it. We still reached people with the gospel and the life-giving message of Jesus. Come on, give God better praise than that. And there's only two reasons that happened. I'm already preaching. You ought to be taking notes right now. There's only two reasons that happens. It happens because, write this down. I didn't put it on the screen, but you need to write it in your notes. Seasons change, but God does not. Seasons come and go, but God does not. Matter of fact, the Bible said He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. He actually said about Himself, I am the Lord your God, and I change not. That's what he said. He, his presence is there. I know there are times in your life when you feel like, I'm not going to get out of this season alive. But look at me. You survived the worst day you've lived so far. You made it. 
You're still here. I'm not telling you you're not battle scarred. I'm not telling you you're not tired. I'm not telling you you didn't want to give up, but you didn't give up and you're still here. And the reason is, is because seasons come and go. The Bible said it's the law of the harvest. There will always be seed time and harvest time. There'll always be a time to, to, for joy and a time to weep. There'll be a time to plant and a time to sow. There'll be a time for light and a time for darkness, a time for day and a time for night. But in all seasons, God is still in control and faithful in your life. And you ought to celebrate that and thank God for that. Let me help you as you navigate different seasons. You're here because God kept you here. We're here because God's been faithful. He's never left or forsaken you. He hasn't let you go on your own. I know you felt alone, but you're not alone. I know you felt like, I don't know if we're ever going to get out of this. But you got out of it. And God's been faithful. And our church is still here today because God has been faithful to us. The, other, the two reasons why. The first one's the faithfulness of God. The second one is the incredible, amazing, wonderful, selfless dream team of City Hills Church. You are the heroes of our house. Come on. You ought to clap louder than that. You ought to. You give and you serve and you pray and you show up and you bring your friends and you share that and you spread the word and you invite. And I just, you are just an amazing church. couple of people that I have to call by name, which I normally would not, but my wife and my children. My, my children love Jesus today not because of me. They love Jesus because of their mama. Men, honor them not just on Mother's Day. While you're out slaying giants, they're home raising warriors. And my wife has enabled me to do what I'm called to do because she's doing what she's called to do. Say amen to that, everybody. Yeah, that's all right. You can do that. My children, I, I can't tell you the number of late nights and early mornings. And by the way, that's happened for 22 years, probably the next 22 years. But my children, uh, as much as I give them, as much as I possibly can. But I'm grateful for their understanding that God's house is important. To my staff and the people who work here and the people who have worked here at different seasons, I honor you. To, to a couple of team members who've been here since the beginning. The day that trailers rolled in and we moved into Kendall Elementary. Some of you were here that very day. Aubrey on my staff still. He was our first team member. He's our first staff member we didn't pay. <laughs> Wrap your head around that, right? He would work somewhere else and then work for us just like he worked for us full time for nothing. And uh, he was there every step of the way. Every single building, I've said it in front of you and behind you, every Sunday works because of your yes and your faithfulness, and I honor you, and I'm grateful for your season. One more, then i got to preach to you. I'm using up all my preaching time. And then, and then Justin Boyd, I don't know if Justin's in the room today, but Justin's serving. Justin's at, he's at, is he still video? Is he still in the, yeah, so Justin's in the, in the broadcast suite uh, still doing what it is that he does. Uh, he's been in 20 different places. I can't tell you the number of times at 6 o'clock in the morning I'd, I'd pick him up. I would pick him up in my truck because my truck could pull the trailers, but I couldn't pull the trailers. Are you with me, everybody? <laughs> so so I would pick him up. We'd dodge deer at 6 o'clock in the morning, and we would, we would go set up this church so you 
would have a place to come to. And he's been faithful and a, and a comrade and a brother in arms. And I honor him uh, in that. Um, and so I want to dedicate this message to you, to the dream team, to people who live and serve and give and love. I want to give you this final message. I don't know what you expected me to preach as we end this season and we turn the page, but uh, if you've been around very long, you know this is my life message. If you come here and you make this place home, you're going to hear this all the time because I think this is the call of God on my life to bring you into a place of purpose. You know, the thing that makes Christianity different than every other world religion, there's two things. The first one is that our God isn't dead. He's alive. That our God didn't stay in the grave. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they took him through a horrific trial, a horrific murder. They crucified him on a cross. They buried him in a borrowed tomb. But our God isn't there. Muhammad is still there. Buddha is still there. The Krishna is still there. But Jesus is alive and well. Come on. That makes us different than everybody else. The other thing that separates us, the only other thing that makes Christianity different than every other world religion is when Muhammad came, Muhammad was revered as God on the earth. He was the, he was the guy they held up on his arms. When the Buddha was recognized as the Buddha, they would hold him up in high regard. He would sit on a throne. They would come and worship. But when Jesus came, he came as a servant to all. Christianity is led by somebody who serves. Shout amen to that. Matthew 20 and 28 says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, He came to, everybody shout serve. Jesus came to serve. He came to serve. Write it down like this. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. The only reason God put the anointing on His only begotten Son was not nepotism. God anointed Jesus because Jesus had a posture that said, Not my will, but your will be done. And God will anoint your life and the favor of God will rest on your life. Not just because you got saved, but because you decide, I didn't get just saved for me. I got saved so that I could do something with what God's done in my life. Christian, I'm going to preach it to you whether you amen it or not. Christianity is different than every other world religion because we exist for the people who aren't here yet. Because our primary calling is not receiving. Our primary calling after we receive grace from Jesus is to serve other people. Shout amen to that. Galatians 1 and 15, Paul said it like this. God, in His grace chose me even before I was born. Pause. Look me in the eyes. Let me tell you the reason why I am unapologetically pro-life. Let me tell you the reason why we believe that every life matters. Let me tell you why from the womb to the tomb we believe that every life matters. It is not because I'm just evangelical. It is not because we live in a southern state. It is not because of my political affiliation. I am pro-life because before you were ever born, before you ever took a breath, before your heart began to beat, God in His grace chose you. God put His hand on you. God called you. God has a purpose for you. And every single person matters. Shout amen to that. And Paul said when he put his hand on me, he didn't just put his hand on me for me. He put his hand on me and called me to serve him. God's hand on your life, the blessing that you have, the calling that you have, the gifts that you have, 
the talents that you have, the opportunities that you have, the, 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 the network that you have, the job that you have, the home that you have, the cars that you drive, the career that you have, the office that you have, the influence that you have, the people around you, the family that you're in. It is not just for you. God doesn't bless you for status. God blesses you for service. Shout amen to that. You were called. You were created. God put you on this earth with a purpose and for a purpose. Now, people come to church and they think, man, here's another purpose message. I don't like when people talk about purpose. I don't know what to do. I've tried. Here's the reason why I think some people, some people they struggle with this. It's not because you've tried and, and, and you fa- it's because you tried and you failed. And you think, man, if I, if I failed, I don't know that I even have a purpose. Let me tell you, the main reason, I'm not telling you this for everybody, but the main reason why you failed at purpose is because you tried to discover your purpose apart from the one who gave it to you. Let me say it to you differently. If you try to discover your purpose and calling in life aside from God, you're going to always end up more tired, more frustrated, no fulfillment, and burnt out you will burn out write it down like this you do not burn out from doing too much you burn out from doing too much of the wrong thing God did not create a kill switch in you that if you lived in your purpose he would kill you with it and you'd burn out with it what kind of sadistic God would that be why would God create something in you call you gift you bless you put it on the inside of you in purpose and then say now if you live your purpose out I'm going to get you burnt out and frazzled and frustrated and unfulfilled no that doesn't happen but you get frazzled and burnt out and unfulfilled when you try to discover purpose in anything else it's not in money it's not in sex it's not in other people it's not in relationships it's not in corporate ladders it's not in picket fences and ranches and horses my fulfillment my purpose comes from the one who created me and called me and God gave it to me shout amen to that you can't find it anywhere else Purpose gives you life. Purpose gives you abundance. Purpose gives you hope. Purpose gives you clarity. Purpose gives you direction. Are you with me, everybody? Purpose gives to you. But when you don't have purpose, it takes your energy, takes your joy, takes your hope, takes your strength away. So today, if you're weary, it's not because you're doing too much. It's because you're doing too much of what doesn't matter. you got to give your life to something That matters and so many people chase success and chase money and chase relationships. Write it like this. Success is when you add value to yourself. But significance is when you add value to other people. I want you to live significant lives. My two babies are on the front row. I don't want you to just be successful. I want you to live lives of significance. I don't want you to just have. I want you to give. I don't want you to just take. This world wasn't created for us to take. It was created for us to give and to leave legacy for others. You were not created to just climb the ladder of, uh, ladder of success. You weren't created to just get more money, get more positions, have more kids, expand your influence, do all of that. I'm not preaching against any of that. Matter of fact, this weekend we celebrated. There's so many graduating and so many so many people uh, on our dream team who graduated college. Matter of fact, we have a dream teamer in the room who just completed her master's degree. We actually have to call her Master Sarah now. That's what she makes us call her. Like it, like, come on, give them a big hand, everybody. Nothing, yeah. 
She doesn't make us call our master student. But listen to me. Chase all the degrees. Have more degrees than a thermometer. Chase all the land you can get. Chase all the ranch you can have, Eric. Have all the kids you can get. Make all the money you can make. But it's not for you. It's for others. I want you to live lives of significance. I want to raise an army in the hill country. Not of just successful people. But of significant people. People whose lives made a difference in the lives of others. So I'm going to give you five reasons why. I'm going to give you five benefits. Y'all were expecting three, but it's my last day. I'm giving you five. Take that, devil. <laughs> I'm going to give you five benefits. I'm just, I don't know what you expected, but this is, I'm always preaching to you just like this. I'll give you five benefits to serving others, to living your life on purpose, to living your life for other people, for not just being a consumer in a world captivated by what can you do for me. Let's be a church captivated by what can we do for others. How can we serve our community? How can we love the, the, those that are disenfranchised and on the margins and down and out? How can we serve and live our lives for others? I'm going to give you five benefits if you'll live this kind of Christianity. Number one, if you serve others, you'll find something bigger than your own problems. You will find something bigger than your problems. Now listen, I did not say your problems will go away. I did not say when you start serving others, when you adopt this purpose-driven, serving kind of life, that all of your problems get better. I did not say that everything in your life turns around. Your marriage gets healthier and your kids get better and stop acting crazy and everything comes right. No, but I did say that God designed your life that when you serve others, that you diminish your problems because you get perspective about the world. You ever serve somebody? You ever gone on a short-term missions trip? You need to. As a matter of fact, our team's putting together mission trips right now for you to attend. And over the next year or two, I want you to go on a mission trip. I want everybody who calls this place home to find somewhere to serve. And here's the reason why. Because when you go there, you realize, oh, man, I don't have it as bad as that. Oh, man, it's not that. Just the other day, our outreach team on one of our serve Saturdays, every single month of the year, we take a Saturday and we serve other people. No strings attached. No problem. We don't don't even tell, usually we don't even tell them what church we're with. We're just serving people and loving people and caring. We were at a foster home. We were at a family who had fostered kids. And it was a simple project. All we had to do was redo the front deck. It was a, it was a simple deal. It wasn't that big of a deal. But honestly, they were so grateful. Why? Because their world was overwhelmed with fostering. And they were just, it was so much. And they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't take care. And so we served them. And when you do that, you start realizing, you know what? My kids are okay. You know what? Our family's not as bad as I thought it was. You know what? We got some things going for us. You know what? God's blessed us. You'll find something bigger than your own problems. You got to give your Yourself to something bigger than yourself. Doesn't make your problems disappear. Isaiah 58 and 10. Listen to how the Bible says it. If you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, look at me. One half of one sentence is all you have to do. All that God requires of us is one half of one sentence. Spend yourself for others. Satisfy the needs of others. Then 
Your light will rise in the darkness. And your night will become like the noonday. And the Lord will guide you always. And he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. And he will strengthen your frame. And you will be like a well-watered garden. And you will be like a spring whose waters never fail. God needs this much to pour out blessing all over your life. God just needs that much out of you. God just needs the first step towards him and serving others and God said I'll pour out more blessing than you can possibly contain in your life if you're dry if you're unsatisfied if you're depressed serve other people it's the antidote to your problems are you still there anybody okay good number two number two maybe my ears are messed up too number two If you serve others, you'll be cared for and supported. You will feel more cared for. People say, Pastor, I just I need a church family around me. Let me tell you how to get a church family around you. Pour yourself out to others. I just just need somebody to come along. You want to find other friends? Uh, The other day I was at a work day at the new building and I saw people together and I I, I saw men that were there together that had never been together in any other scenario except that scenario. And I saw them eat lunch together and I saw them change phone numbers together. Why? Because there's something about being together. You will feel cared for and supported. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous will prosper and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed you open up a feedback loop of blessing when you refresh others God pours into you you pour out God pours in you pour out God pours in you want more in your life you want to feel supported and cared for and a family around you you got to serve other people shout amen to that Hold your hand out in front of you like this. Clench your fist. Some of you won't even do that. How are you going to serve? Hold your hand out and clench your fist. You can hold on to everything you've got. Your time. Your Fridays. Your Sunday. Your money. Your talent. Your gifting. Your blessing. But God can't pour into a clenched fist. Now open your hand to God. And if you'll give and you'll serve others and you'll live for others, that same hand that's open to give is open to receive from God. If you'll refresh others, God will keep refreshing in your hand. Number three, I got to hurry. Snow cones are calling. Number (laughs) Number three, if you serve others, your children will grow up with the church as their family. Your children will grow up with the church as their family. I moved here with a four-year-old and a one-year-old. For 11 years, we'd had miscarriage after miscarriage. We finally had two babies. And I told my wife, let's give up this paycheck and insurance. What do you think? And she said yes. Yes. By the way, it matters who you marry. (laughs) So my one-year-old, my four-year-old moved into a house in a city they'd never been to before. Came to a church without any Sunday school. We were the Sunday school. And they've grown up in a movie theater, 
two elementary schools and a hotel. And the other day, I called my pastor and I said, Am I cheating my children? Because I want to be a good dad. I can't give them what they deserve. And he said, no, they get to do this with you. This morning at 6.30, my little girl is still snoring. I love you, but... That little boy holding his mama. He was uh, he's up, and he whispered. He said, "Can I go with you?" Because when you serve others, your children know this is our family. This is our calling. You're not cheating them by serving. You're showing them God's family is their family. This is God's call on our life. Do it together as a family. The legacy, I want to leave my kids. I want to leave them money. I want to leave them a house. I want to leave them a business. I want to leave them a ranch. I'd love to leave them a ton of money and stuff and set them up and let them have a good place. But I really want to leave them a love for God and a love for God's house and a love for God's people and a love for the lost and a love for mission. If I don't leave them anything else, if I don't leave them anybody else, I want them to know this is the call of God on our life. This is the greatest thing we get to do together. You can tithe. You can serve. You can give. You can be something in the kingdom. You don't have to be something in the world. You can be something for God. This is the legacy I want to leave our families. And when you serve, mom, dad, grandparent, when you serve, you teach your children. The family of God is their family. In the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, the tabernacle was the first portable church, by the way. God even did this. Anyway, so they would move around the tabernacle of Moses 400 years in slavery, 40 years in the wilderness. They would move this tabernacle around for 40 years. God would meet them there. And every time they would reset up the tabernacle, the elders of every tribe would go through the tribe and they would arrange their tribe. All 12 tribes of Israel would arrange their tribe so that every single tent in Israel, every single tent, every I'm talking about millions of people and 100,000 or more tents, every tent in Israel when you open the front flap of their tent, it faced the tabernacle of Moses. It did not face the legacy of a white picket fence. It did not face the 401k. It did not face retirement and a ranch. It did not face more degrees and more money. It faced God's house. Every family in the morning when they lifted that tent flap, they saw church. When you serve God, you teach your family. Church matters most. Number four, I got to hurry. I told you how many I was doing. That was a mistake. This is my favorite one. I know I cried about the other one, but this is my favorite one. If you serve others, it'll create joy in your life. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a joy evangelist. If I don't do anything else, I want, I want, I want, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's fullness of joy, the Bible says. It ought to be joy in your house. Most people try to find happiness somewhere else in relationships, possessions, positions, pleasures, popularity, passions. Joy isn't in any of that. Joy is in serving other people. Joy is not in status or salary or sex. Joy is in purpose. That's where joy is. The secret sauce of continual joy in your life is not antidepressants. It is not group therapy. All of that's important. All of that at some point in my life I've had to use. I'm not telling you that's not an answer for you. But the constant, consistent, secret sauce of living a life of joy is to quit worrying about you so much and get your eyes on other people. Focus on somebody, not you. I'll show it to you in the Bible. Philippians 2.17 Paul said, My life is being poured out as part of the sacrifice and service that I offer to God for your faith. Paul said, I serve God for you. I serve God for you. And when I pour my life out, I am filled with joy. And then the great thing about kingdom living is when God pours joy into you, He said, and I share that joy with all of you. And once again, the loop continues. God fills me with joy. I share that joy with you. You want to be a joy-filled person. You want to change the atmosphere of your college campus. You want to change the atmosphere of that office full of negativity. You want to change the atmosphere of a home full of yelling and cussing and fussing and drinking and throwing and carrying on. You want to change the atmosphere of joy. You want to have joy in your family, in your life, in your home. It doesn't come anywhere else but in serving. When you pour your life out, God said, I'll pour joy. The oil of joy I'll pour all over you. For the spirit of heaviness. You get joy. Here's number five, and I gotta go. We gotta go. You get to be a part of the miracle in the lives of other people. You get to be a part of the miracle. So Jesus performs his first miracle. He's at a wedding, Cana. They run out of wine. The servants, the Bible said, read it for yourself. John said, the servants go to Mary and say, we're out of wine. Go tell Jesus. Mary goes to Jesus. Her son says, hey, they're out of wine. They need something. And I love Jesus' woman. <laughs> Try to say that to your southern mama. You know Mary wasn't. She wasn't southern. I'd have called my mama woman. Lord Jesus. I'd have wished. <laughs> I'd have wished a crown of thorns on my head. Are you with me? It's not my time. But I'm going to do it. And she tells the servants, listen, she tells the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. You're about to see a miracle. Whatever God tells you to do, do it. And when you do it, you get to see a miracle. You get to peel back the curtain for five and a half years and see marriages that were headed for divorce that God fixed and healed. 
You get to see addicts who came to church high find freedom in a small group. You get to see religious people who, who thought it was just cold and carnal and I, I don't really know. It's not. You get to see them raise their hands and tears fall out of their eyes in a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit. You get to see parents check in their children. You get to see grandparents bring their grandkids to church. You get to be a part of the miracle. John 2 and 9. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine. He didn't know where it came from. Look at this. But of course, the servants knew. Look at me. There are going to be people when we get in this new building you've never seen before. Hundreds of new people will join us. I promise you. I promise you it's revival season. Where we have sown, we will reap. And the servants will know where it comes from. Servants will be the ones who get to see the miracle. Servants are the ones who get to see behind the scenes when Jesus changes lives. Why do you serve other people? Why do you preach about purpose so much? Why do you talk about this so much? Why, why, why do you reach for people doing this so much? I'll tell you why. Because I want you to be a part of the miracle. I want you to get to heaven and look behind you and go, Oh, I know them. <laughs> oh, I, oh, they were in my small group. Oh, I remember them. Oh, I was there on their first Sunday. I high-fived them at the... Oh, I know them. I taught them in my classroom as preschoolers. Oh, I know them. Can't believe. Can't believe they... Can't believe. I know where they come from. I know how to... And you get to see the miracle. Of a change life. And I want to say thank you for how you serve. And I want to challenge you in this season. If you need a little bit more joy, if you need your problems to diminish, if you need support and care, if you want your family to grow up believing church is their family, if you want to see miracles with your own two eyes, let's be a serving people. Let's be the most serving church in all of the hill country. Let's give stuff away. Let's serve in different ministries. Let's go on missions trips together. Let's translate the Bible in languages that it's not in. Let's build Bible schools. Let's, let's build another orphanage in Haiti. Let's expand the one in the Philippines. Let's go to Sierra Leone, West Africa, where our missionary was just appointed for another year, just extended his visa for another year so he could build another Bible school to raise native Africans to reach their own people. Let's continue to translate the Bible in every language through one hope. Let's make sure every child has access to the gospel in their own hands. Let's keep planting churches through the Association of Related Churches. Let's keep serving on Sunday, opening doors, high-fiving new guests. Let's keep serving in kids' ministry. Let's keep leading small groups. Let's keep tithing and giving and growing and going until Jesus comes back because the best life we live is the life for others. You have made the difference bow for prayer all over the house thank you Jesus for the difference makers thank you Jesus for people who've made a difference in our church thank you Jesus for people who made a difference in the lives of others thank you for hearts that are 
stirred towards others. I pray for people in the room today struggling with their own problems, their own issues, their own situations, their own families, their own heartache. I pray today they'd find purpose. I pray today that something would awaken on the inside of them. Oh, I'm not just meant to take. No, no, I'm meant to be a giver. I pray in this next season we would be people of passion. God, I thank you for the past five and a half years in four places. We're going to close the doors as we close those trailers. I thank you the best is yet to come. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody shout a big amen. Amen. Do you receive the word of the Lord, everybody? Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.